At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. One of the beauties of the advances of gambling in recent years is the advent of live betting, especially on the internet. And you're going to hear a little of that as this podcast goes along, even though it's taped and you'll be getting it much later. Mike Pursuta, Tim Benz with you. It is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Uh, glad you're with us. Brought to us by Bet Rivers. Go to betrivers.com. You can live bet or. You can do it on the app as well. Download that and uh, join Mike after the fact in betting on High Point and Michigan State, which will distract Mike during the course of this podcast, no doubt. Yeah, take the points. <laughs> take the points in that one, Tim. Who is High Point? The Mighty Falcons or Mustangs or whatever they are? I, I don't even know. Hawks. Like, Smith is their coach. I know they're okay for you know a program of that ilk, but this is uh, this is frustrating. Yeah, I've uh, been there certainly with Syracuse losing to Colgate earlier in the season, so I can definitely feel your pain. You should just yeah. be happy that there's actual college basketball being played that you care about. I mean, with the cancellations that I've seen from Duquesne, the games that I call, and Syracuse for the team that I follow, it's been like the NHL for me. It's been a barren wasteland. What do you do when they cancel one of those? You show up anyway and get some reps. You, you and else just sit there and imagine and- <laughs> Yeah, that's right. oh, it's in the quarter. Oh, there's three from deep. And the Dukes laid in 18 we, to 12. We have the asymptomatic managers play each other and we just get practice reps. Yes, absolutely. There you go. You know, George Washington on Sunday that got bagged. They're supposed to be at Davidson on Thursday night. That one got bagged. We'll talk about the bowl games that are getting bagged and hockey a little bit later on, too. But to the best of our knowledge, the NFL will continue to the best of our knowledge. Ben Roethlisberger's final game in Pittsburgh potentially will be held at Heinz Field on Thursday night against the Browns. That's where we will start. You can hear Mike on the DVE pregame show along with me. I'll be on, uh, let's see, four hours in advance of that one. So I guess roughly uh, whatever the half hour they're going to do it at. So four o'clock, I guess, is when we'll start. Mike will be on at 6.15, getting you set for the Roethlisberger swan song, or at least I think so, Mike. Uh, maybe by the time people hear this, Roethlisberger will have made his official statement on Thursday. Everything pushed back a day, apparently including Ben Roethlisberger's media availability. I think he knows why he's waiting. He just wants one more day of not being asked if this is his last game. Yeah, possibly, although uh, I need to back up. You know, we, we kind of got off course from where I wanted to start this podcast because if people were with us last week, one of the last games we talked about was what we both considered to be the NFL game of the week. That was uh, Miami at New Orleans on Monday oh, night. Yeah. And the reason that it was the game of the week was that Ian Book was going to make his first start for the Saints. So you were talking about stuff getting bagged a moment ago in honor of Ian Bag, comedian, uh, comedian, uh, comedian you may or may not be familiar with, in honor of Ian Anderson, Ian McShane, Ian Fleming, Ian Hunter, Ian Baker Finch, Ian Moran, and the pride of CBS, Ian Eagle. 
I want to dedicate this podcast to my man, Ian Book, who came out and threw a pick six on his second NFL pass. We told you, hey, and we didn't have to be Nostradamus or Romo Domus. You know, didn't have to be a football expert, as TJ Watt likes to say. Ian Book making his first NFL appearance against that Miami defense was not going to work, and it didn't. Tim, it was one of those games, I don't know about you, I bet a lot on it, and five minutes in, I kicked myself in the backside for not betting enough. Yeah, I, I know that sensation. I know that. You know, the last time, Mike, I felt that good about a bet, and I said to myself, my God, why didn't I bet more money on this? Well, it ended up being the over on the Wake Forest Pitt ACC championship game. So. Oh, well, there, it is called gambling, not winning. But yeah. that one looked, the, the Ian Book thing looked really good. The, the sad part is I'd like to ride this out because I think he's going to start again. Oh. They're playing Carolina this week, and Carolina's a mess. Uh, getting Sam Darnold back, so I may be inclined to go. But Bet Rivers has the Saints as a seven-point favorite. So, excuse me, six and a half. Jeez, um, it's too many points if Ian Book is your quarterback, even if it's Carolina. But uh, Carolina's a mess, and I'd feel a lot better if they were playing somebody that I considered to be competent and have their stuff together. Yeah, actually, Carolina let me down. I thought they were getting too many points last week against the Buccaneers, and I was wrong there. Uh, you couldn't have given it up, as it turns out, in that one. I just didn't like the way the Bucs had played previously, all the injuries they had. and Bad you know, on Car- the road all year. Yeah, bad. Like I said when we were talking about it, it was not a pro-Carolina pick. It was an anti-Bucs pick. But uh, I guess you need to be a little bit more pro on the team that you're putting your money on. There's a, yeah. a, a, a cautionary tale on that front. By the way, the Spartans have stretched that out to nine with uh, 513 left in the second half at the Jack Breslin Student Events Center. They may be able to sneak past high point today. Maybe. Uh, we will talk a little college basketball later and definitely some college football. We will get to Michigan State against Pitt. We'll see if Mike is now feeling worse about Michigan State after the basketball team and its performance. That will carry over to his gambling wisdom when it comes to his own alma mater <laughs> against the Pitt Panthers. Um if this were a game on Monday night, Mike, between the Browns and the Steelers, and it was being played in a neutral field, or if it was being played up in Cleveland, or if it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger's last game uh, at Heinz Field, any of those factors, I go with the Browns uh, as the Browns are giving just three and a half. I think that's enough with their rush game against the Steelers' rush defense. This is one of those, though, where I'm betting on the storyline and not on the gambling line. That might be stupid, but I just don't see Roethlisberger losing to the Browns in his last game at Heinz Field. It's definitely got an intangible feel to it. I think there is something to that when you're talking about a guy, uh, a Ben Roethlisberger, a guy with his history who has loved nothing more than sticking it to Cleveland and the other teams that didn't pick him before the Steelers picked him way back when. And also, you got to factor in that uh, Cleveland, well, while impressive on a lot of fronts in Green Bay last time out, my God, what a meltdown for Baker Mayfield. And, yes, I know yeah. he got screwed on the last one. Uh, the fourth pick should have been a defensive pass interference. I think everybody's aware of that. But the other three were hideous. And uh, if the Browns get any kind of quarterbacking, they win that game. And I don't know what's going on with Baker, if it's injuries or if that's uh, you know what he's gone through this year has kind of worn him down and out. But you you can't be feeling good. if Oh, good offensive rebound, Smarty. Take it to the rim and a foul. <laughs> You can't be feeling good about your quarterback situation if you're the Browns going into this game, and that's a pretty important position not to feel good about. You know, the last time the Steelers looked this bad, Tim, was in Cincinnati, and then it came back and beat Baltimore right after that. There's something about the division matchups with this team. Um, I I don't know what it is, but the, the run defense is hideous, but they did a credible job against Cleveland and a credible job against Baltimore, and those are both really good rushing teams. And they were able to win both of those games. So I, I don't think it's a layup under any stretch of the imagination. I'm probably staying away uh, just because of that. But if I was going to play it, I'm with you. I'd put my money on Ben Roethlisberger and say, hey, maybe he pulls something, uh, pulls something off one more time. Well, you just said something important there about the quarterback being an important position. And it is for the Browns. It is for Baker Mayfield. But you know what? Make it a less important position. Don't use him 35 times like they did in Cleveland. He had right, but 31 pass that. attempts. They had 35 dropbacks. He got sacked five times. 
And I know that the Browns weren't churning it up on the ground like they normally do. Fast break to the whole slam dunk. We're up 11. Continue. <laughs> I know that they didn't, you know, gash the Steelers with rush yards as the Seahawks had done previously and every team thereafter had done. Uh, they were well below their own normal rush totals. But, you know, they're still averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Keep giving it to Nick Chubb. What's more likely? Nick Chubb's going to rattle one off for 11 or 12, or Baker's going to hit one for 25? I'll take my chances with Nick Chubb. Tim, I'm with you. The people of Cleveland are with you. Browns Nation is with you. I think there's more people bitching about Stefanski's play calling in the second half of the season than there are that the Indians changed their name to the Guardians. <laughs> but it's how he's been running his team. And, uh, you know, I, I would if I'm him, I come in here and pull a Belichick. And I take the ball out of Roethlisberger's hands and don't let him be the magic man one last time. I, I throw three times, maybe fewer. I just keep running it, running it, running it. That's what Tennessee should have done. Didn't do it. I mean, what Minnesota should have done. Didn't do didn't it. Didn't do it. I mean, apparently only Bill Belichick has the cojones to just do what works instead of do what you're supposed to do or what, what looks uh, to be what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, you, every time you drop back against Pittsburgh, you put TJ Watt in play. And that's one of the things the Steelers can do to change the game or win the game is have T.J. Watt be spectacular. So just run at him. Well, I know that's something that you were saying coming into the Kansas City game, too. But the difference is they've got Patrick Mahomes. Like, I know yeah. you were thinking that it wouldn't be such a bad thing for Kansas City if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were out because then they'd be forced to run. Ha having one right. in there, I guess, was enough. But regardless... Mahomes did the smart thing throwing the football, which was just get it to the open guy, and Byron Pringle was open quite a bit. Yeah, and that's what he's been doing. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't say it was going to work. I just thought that was more appealing to me than just watching the ball get shoved down the Steelers' throats for another 200 yards, uh, as we have seen way too often in the second half of the season. Well, with that, the over-under is at 41. You know, my inclination, just looking at these two teams and their offensive ineptitude is to say, well, that's a pretty good number to go under on. But if I'm also of the mindset that Roethlisberger is going to do some stuff here on Monday night and he's going to have one last gasp in him yeah. and the Browns can run and run down the field effectively and quickly for some scoring drives that are going to result in points, then maybe it does go over and Actually, I'm leaning that way. I'm leaning towards the over, and I'm going to take the points. The Steelers, and by the way, I said three and a half before. It's actually three now. So uh, the hook is gone. That makes it a little bit tougher, but I'll still take it. Yeah, I think it's uh, – I, I would go that way as well if I end up playing it. Um, they're not going to win 15-10 again, I wouldn't think. No, I think uh, it's going to be higher scoring than that. And if Baker's going to throw picks again, and, you know, why wouldn't he uh, – that will not only prevent the Browns from scoring, theoretically, it'll set the Steelers up, and maybe they do more than go three and out and kick field goals this time. There is, it's a division game, and the familiarity, I can't explain it, Tim, other than uh, we see it, and we didn't see it against Cincinnati for whatever reason. Joe Mixon was pretty much a handful, uh, particularly the second time that uh, the Steelers played uh, the Bengals. He did pretty much whatever he wanted in Cincinnati, but – they handled that Browns running game and they handled that Ravens running game a lot better than most people do. And I, I don't have an explanation for it, but it did happen. So it could happen again. One thing I expect is that the presence of Miles Garrett will be felt a little bit more readily in this game. Like he was okay in the first game, but nothing special. Um, and I don't know about TJ Watt with this rib problem of his cracked ribs or however they want to diagnosis, uh, diagnose it. Uh, it's a problem because he was a ghost. Uh, that's the most he's played in a game for as little as he has done so far this season, I think. Yeah, it was kind of funny. All the uh, Steeler fans on Twitter after Miles Garrett had a bad game in Green Bay, just awarding the Defensive Player of the Year award to T.J. Watt, and then he went out and was just as invisible. And I guess they had to get to Micah Parsons after that then. No, they won't give it to a rookie, will they? I wouldn't think so. Uh, it's rare that those guys even make all pro, let, let alone get a player of the year. But uh, he certainly had an argument. How about the quarterback, the guy with all the interceptions? Why are Trayvon we not talking Diggs. about him? Yeah, I guess because he does give up some plays. But right now, actually, Mike, Watt and Parsons are both at plus 200 at Bet Rivers as co-favorites. Then it's Diggs and Aaron Donald at plus 700. 
Miles Garrett is next at plus 1,100. Uh, another guy who's on the list that probably deserves. Three from the corner, the Spartans are up 13 with 2.46 on a ticking clock. You feeling better now? I think you're Much feeling better, better now. What about uh, Darius Leonard at plus 8,000? Yeah, I don't think so for him this year. Not that he's not a great player. And, I, hey, I love T.J. Watt. I think he's been in the argument. Uh, very deserving guy to at least be talked about the last three years. But you know what I think hurts him this year more than anything is that Steeler defense is garbage. Mm-hmm. And he's and not a part know, of a good defense. He's a good I don't know player and a lousy defense. Be, should that be a part of it or not? If you're that good, why does your defense stink? Well, you know, like Mike Tannenbaum was saying today, I heard our colleague Mark Madden playing his clips on the radio. You know, Aaron Rodgers should want to come here because the Steelers have that great defense. I'm like, what are you talking about great defense? And he said, well, there's playmakers on every level. Well, technically, yes, there is one of the defensive lines, Cam Hayward. There is one at linebacker. It's DJ Watt. And then there is one at safety and Minka Fitzpatrick. But the other eight aren't good. And therein lies the dilemma. I guess. I think the defense is fixable at a relatively uh, quick rate because they're going to have some money to spend. Although if they end up with Aaron Rodgers, they'll have a whole Maybe lot not. less. But you can find some guys. Uh, you know, defensive tackles aren't the hardest thing in the world to find. They do have some star caliber talent. Uh, I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to Pittsburgh, it's because he wants to come to Pittsburgh. And I don't know that anybody can get in his head and come up with reasons why uh, that would be the case, potentially. I can tell you this, Tim. The Packers and the Steelers rosters, in my eyes, are very comparable with two really big exceptions, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And their offensive line, although it's not 100% healthy, with, with a healthy offensive line, it's, their offensive line is better. But this year, it's not very good. And their defense is not very good. And, you know, everything that you can bitch about with the Steelers, you can bitch about with Green Bay, except Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Does he have a Devontae Adams here? Well, I mean, I think they're tied at the hip, don't you? So he's coming here too? I think if Aaron's coming, you find a way to bring the other guy in. Uh, I'm with the theory. I don't know if they would. I mean, I'd love to see Deontay Johnson as a number two instead of a number yeah. one and a clear-cut a really number good one. Num- maybe the best number two instead of the worst number one. Yeah, when and he's starting to drop balls again. And he's fumbling. So I just have been wildly underwhelmed by the receivers. I asked Mike Tomlin about the receivers at the press conference this week, and he tried to – pat them on the back and sort of pass off any troubles that they might be having by saying, you know, we're not running against cover two. And if you're not running against cover two, then that means they can pay attention to the two receivers. And that's why Ray Ray McLeod is getting so many targets. And I I guess I can see the degree of truth to that, but you know, I'm still seeing Deontay Johnson now fumble the ball and drop it when it's thrown to him, as opposed to, he wasn't doing that four weeks ago. And Chase Claypool is, Great one week and then lousy and, di- and disappearing the next. Yeah, Claypool had a massive regression this year. That really hurt them. Uh, losing Juju Smith-Schuster as early as they did really hurt them. You know, it's funny. Everybody lost their mind when they tossed the ball to Najee Harris on fourth and one or whatever it was. What play would you call instead that you were sure was going to work? I'll save you the time of running through the playbook. There isn't one. They don't have a signature. They have nothing that they can count on. All right, we'll run this against this personnel group, and it'll work. So they're down to throwing stuff against the wall. Boy, it would have been nice to have Juju and run a flanker screen and have him run through Marlon Humphrey because he's tough enough to get the, the two yards you need on fourth and two or the one yard you need on fourth and one. But they don't have that. Claypool's MIA. Uh, James Washington has just de-evolved into a horrible pick who's not going to be here next year and is adding nothing in his final days as a Steeler. So you're down to Deontay Johnson sometimes. I agree with you that they don't have a play to call on fourth and one. I just wouldn't have backed up an additional four yards before I threw it against the wall to see what sticks. You know? Yeah, well, but I mean, it's hey, that, that's what they're down to. I mean, there isn't an alternative. There, there's no right answer because they can't really do it. So, is that, so if that's what they're thinking. If that's what they're thinking, Mike, then is Canada back next year? I, you know, Mike Tomlin seemed to give him an endorsement. Um, and uh, since he went there, I'll give you my Matt Canada assessment. Um, I've been really disappointed with the condescending way in which he's handled his weekly interviews. Uh, this is the NFL. It's not Madison, Wisconsin. And you're required to, to talk once a week. And you should talk. I'm not saying you have to be 100% uh, forthcoming and reveal all, but there's a way to do that. Uh, you're not screwing us. You're screwing the fans, pal. 
you might you might feel good about not answering our questions, but we're just a conduit. You're you're basically telling the fans, uh, I don't care to inform you as to why things are happening. Just watch the game, and if we win, be happy, and if we lose, be sad. Uh, that's not the way it's been done around here, at least for a long, long time. But in terms of what he's done, uh, I give it an incomplete across the board. Uh, you got a quarterback. He's stuck with a quarterback who can't run his stuff, and uh, they're playing with an offensive line that was way worse than they thought it was going to be. I mentioned the Smith-Schuster injury and some of the other factors. Um, let, let's see what he can do when he gets a guy that does what he wants to do. And, and go from there. If they can get that guy. You know, like, I, I don't know that they're going to get a guy who can run that kind of system. I guess my answer to Canada would be... If they don't, then they should have never brought him in in the first place. Yeah, if my answer to Canada would be, if it's got to depend on the quarterback, then get rid of him before you wind up with who the quarterback is. I mean, if you made up your mind already that it's Mason Rudolph, okay, then let those two be tied at the hip for one more year and you get, get rid of them both if it doesn't work out. But, you know, if Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett is going to be there, then good. But if not, I don't know what college quarterback you get that's going to run his stuff next year. He left out one potential option, and the uh, buzzer sounds at the Breslin Center, 81-68. to 68. The Spartans keep me from uh, putting my head in the door jam and slamming it about eight times. Did what they cover? Uh, they did not cover. It was like 25 oh. and a half. I wasn't going there on a Christmas break layoff game against high point <laughs> played at three o'clock in the after what is today wednesday that we're taking yes this? yes it's just like a covid game and and we had four guys out because of covid that said we played poorly uh unbefitting of the number 10 team in the country that we are tim what were you saying about i was uh, leaving out one option. oh yeah uh veteran nfl veteran the nfl guys move now uh you know matt stafford moved tom brady moved Everybody's talking about where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, where Russell Wilson's going to go. Identify a guy and see if you can go get him. At least look under the rocks. And okay. See if, there's, see if there's something under there besides worms and slime. I mean, do, do you kind of make that decision after the fact, though, on Canada then? Like, do you see what Air, Russell Wilson wants to do if he wants to come here, if that trade happens, and then if he says, yeah, I'll come, but I don't want that guy to be my coordinator, or yeah, I'll come. But... Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Then you just yeah. get somebody else. Oh, uh, it's. If it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, they get to pick their Because then maybe you're just promoting Mike Sullivan and you're doing the same thing, you know? If it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, they get to pick their coordinator. Maybe Aaron's got a guy. I don't know. Uh, the quarterback's a hell of a lot more important than the offensive coordinator. Just as important as the Steeler game, the Bengal game. We'll get to that. We'll Boy, talk about it. looks pissed. He's walking Should. off the floor. He's just they didn't cover. He shook hands with Tubby Smith, and, uh, boy, he's not happy. He's, we, he loves winning and being miserable about it, and now he can ream everybody out and yell at them in practice. This is his high this, point, then. This is his high point against high points. That's a very – I see what you did there. I like that. This is perfect before we get back into Big Ten play because now there, there's going to be some difficult – he's shaking his head doing his post-game interview. He's looking down. Oh, is he – I, I got the sound down because we're actually doing this podcast. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be half. He's shaking his, he's, oh, what are we doing out there? Oh, the paint. It was an easy pass to the lane. We got to defend the rim. Uh, the quarterback's more important than the coordinator. The Ravens and Rams, the Bengals and Chiefs. We'll get the AFC North stuff. Again, Mike wants you to stay away or thinks he's going to stay away from this game against the well, Browns for the Steelers. Who are we kidding, Tim? I mean, I'm going to be at the game. Yeah, you're, you'll get sucked into it eventually. The phone's going to be out before the ball's kicked off. Let's not kid ourselves. For but now, though, you're staying away from it. It's just too many. It's it's throw stuff at the wall. It's a Matt Canada game. Yeah. It's a Matt, it's a Matt Canada bet. Throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. I'm throwing my stuff at Ben Roethlisberger at <laughs> minus three or minus Dude, three been, and a half. You've been throwing stuff at Ben Roethlisberger for years. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I throw it in less than 2.5 seconds just like him. You know what? what? Sometimes it sticks. When we come back, oh, yeah, that's based on our relationship the last seven years. I guess it really did stick. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the North and the rest of the NFL. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. 
Back on the Pittsburgh City Cast. In case you're just tuning in and you're tuning in a day later, we just found out though Michigan State did beat High Point. They didn't cover, but Michigan State won. So, eighty-one sixty-eight. It doesn't look horrible in the paper the next day, and it's got Izzo pissed off, so he can really coach now. So it's kind of a win-win. What happens, Mike, in the rest of the AFC North? We just talked about the Browns and Steelers for quite a bit. The Bengals. If the Bengals win. Regardless, the Steelers can't win the AFC North. So are they going to win against the Chiefs? I think this is the game of the weekend. This is the one that's most interesting to me. Well, it's the one Jim Nance and Tony Romo are calling, so it's the game of the week, and that means everybody will watch it to see what Tony Romo has to say, not to see Patrick Mahomes play right against Joe Burrow. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this one, Tim. Uh, it's minus, is it five that I last There's five I last I saw. Let me double check here. It is, is at five, I, uh, yes. Yeah, that that might be a little pricey, and uh, the uh, money line at two twenty five is a little pricey as well. Just a little bit. I'm I'm usually a two to one against or under on my money lines because you know I established mm-hmm. this year that I now hate giving two or three points because of the way the NFL plays its games and these jackasses going for two at stupid times and these jackass kickers mi- missing extra points they're supposed yeah. to make and all that. But here's what uh, jumps off the uh, computer screen at me with that game. Uh, The over-under is 50. And I still think that Chiefs defense is shaky. Uh, I know they've put up some numbers of late. Uh, I know the Steelers couldn't take advantage of it, but that doesn't mean uh, I still don't think it's shaky. I think Joe Burrow and his uh, collection of eligibles can attack that secondary. I think think Mahomes and uh, that side of the ball for Kansas City, they've got the pedal down. And they are uh, locked and loaded, and they're going to be tough out the rest of the way to keep the basketball talk going. But uh, I, I like over 50 better than I like minus five, but I think Kansas City's going to win the game. One thing in a strange way, and this sounds backwards for me to say it, but I'll say it anyway, it almost helps the Bengals that it's the Chiefs because that's a legitimate big time opponent. You know, they've lost, what, six games this year. And five of them have been against teams that have lesser records than they do. Um, You know, they're coming off the high of whipping up on the Baltimore Ravens. They've ripped the AFC North away from the Ravens and Steelers for now. Um, There's no chance of a letdown, I don't think, against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think the Bengals keep this one close. I'm going to take the points and go with the Bengals here. At plus five, I thought about it. I've gone back and forth, but I've decided to go with the Bengals getting the five. Um, Not a horrible theory. Not a horrible theory. I usually go under the assumption that I'm not taking the points unless I think, unless it's like 30 points or unless I think they can actually win the game. And I don't see Cincinnati winning the game. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been a Mahomes guy for a while. You might be aware. So it's entirely possible then in your eyes that we're still talking about a game that matters next week against the Ravens then. Yes. Yes, it is. And I think it might be for the wild card, too, with the uh, with the Chargers losing to uh, Houston last Sunday. That's still in the mix. But, boy, a lot of things have to happen, particularly because yeah. the Dolphins won. So it's something like do, do you have Ma'am, the scenario? I don't care how many things have to happen. If I got to talk about a game for a week, I'm talking about it as if it matters. I'm taking advantage of any opportunity to do that. One thing that has to happen, though, I know, is that the Raiders and the Chargers both need to win only one of their remaining games. Both those teams have to lose at least one, yes. and they yeah. play each other. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the difficult thing. So, like, if they both win this week, that means the Steelers can't get the wild card, right? Because somebody's going to win their last two. What and if it's high? I saw a scenario there, and I don't even want to get into it because whoever put the scenario out then retracted it, and I got more confused after the scenario was retracted. So I'm not going to worry about the tie until I got to worry about the tie. But, hey, John Madden had seven ties with the Raiders, as I've learned over and over again since he passed and everybody's been talking about his record. So maybe I shouldn't rule out a tie for the Raiders against the Chargers. But we'll, we'll go to those two teams before we get to the Ravens game against the Rams since we're talking about it. Uh, Vegas plays the Colts and Carson Wentz, I guess, can still come back as of now. Right. Isn't that what we heard under the new rules? Correct. Yeah. You got to wait and see. I mean, uh, that doesn't mean he's going to come back Uh, here. I thought the whole reason that you had two sets of rules was to convince people to get vaccinated. Yeah. Another change it for everybody. And and now they just don't care. Uh, Good job on that NFL. 
Um, let's jump ahead to the Rams and the Ravens because uh, I got nothing for you on that one. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the home team. I said after the uh, Ravens lost to the Steelers that they were done winning. And so far that has uh, come to pass. And I think it's going to come to pass again. Uh, the number's minus three and a half. Again, that's right in that area of, uh, boy, I really don't like uh, that kind of number. But the uh, the money line for the Rams is minus 190. That's under that two-to-one bar we talked about. Actually, it's down to minus 182, Mike, from what oh, I'm – Oh, there you go. So it's getting to be a better deal all the time. I don't – I don't know what kind of game that's going to be. The Ravens got blown out last week. Maybe they'll get blown out again. Maybe they'll go back to being the Ravens, and they'll pull all kind of stunts, and, and they'll take it down to the wire. But I think the Rams win the game. I love the Rams. Cooper Cup, who has been making a late MVP push, he could get the MVP based on this one game. <laughs> like, based on what I saw from the Bengals against that Ravens secondary last week, I think Stafford and Cup could have an absolute field day against these guys. I, I love agree. the Rams at minus three and a half. Yeah, I, I, you know, the tipping point to me with Baltimore was losing Humphrey. They weren't uh, in great shape to begin with, and then when they took him out of the mix on the back end, they can't, they can't stop you now. And I also like the over in that one at 46.5. I don't love it. I just love the spread. Or if you want to go money line, go money line. I don't think yeah. you need it. And whatever individual plays you can find for Cooper Cup, uh, provided he doesn't get COVID, I don't know if he's had it yet already or whatever, but play him. Uh, because I think he's going to put up some incredible numbers there. Uh, Bengals and Chiefs, we talked about plus five, minus five there. That's sort of a weird, tricky line. You said you like the over-under there, Mike, at 50? Is that what you said? I do. Yeah, you yeah. know, weather permit. I mean, it's in Cincinnati. It shouldn't be too, too bad. But, you know, keep an eye on that. If it's uh, nine feet of snow, that might change it. But the other two that I really like on the NFL card, um, the Eagles – are playing at the Washington football team. Now, you also remember uh, last week I was singing Fly Eagles Fly because they were getting ready to play the Giants. I thought they were going to play Mike Glennon. They didn't. They played some other Jamoke who's not any good. They can't score. The Giants can't score points. Now the Eagles get Washington. And last one we heard from Ron Rivera, uh, the Washington football team has been dealing with a lot of bleep, a lot of real-life bleep, and they're having all kinds of problems, and they just got – annihilated by Dallas worse than the Steelers got annihilated by the chiefs. And before that they played the Eagles in Philly with Gail Gilbert and uh, gave up 519 yards of total offense to Philadelphia. Jalen hurts had two rushing touchdowns and a a scoring strike. Uh, The Eagles have figured out who they are and they can beat teams uh, like Washington as Washington is constructed. Now Uh, it's the third game in 13 days for the Washington football team. Uh, I think it's lookout below time there as well. Uh, love the Eagles at minus three and a half, but since the uh, money line's only minus 180, I'll go there instead just so I don't have to sweat it. But uh, I, 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 Philadelphia can, can, has, and will beat Washington. Oh, it's only 167 on the yes, uh, correct. money line yeah. now. That's, that's stealing, Tim. That, that's stealing. I really do like that play. I also like the Chargers at minus six and a half at home against the Broncos. I know what just happened to them, but maybe because of what just happened to them, I don't think it happens again against Denver. Uh, I know it's in LA. I don't know how much that matters. I know Broncos fans will travel well, particularly out there. I don't know if they're going to this one. (laughs) Yeah. Might not be worth it for them. Uh, Don't the Broncos technically they've still got a playoff shot, right? It's like 4% or something ridiculous. haven't looked at it. They're still fresh out of quarterbacks, right? I like the Chargers. I don't think six and a half is high enough. Part of what happened to them last week was um, COVID, and I didn't uh, do my due diligence. They were part of a four-teamer I had going, and they were the only one that uh, scuttled it, and I think COVID had a lot to do with it. They were missing a lot of people, and assuming they get them back, uh, yeah, the bounce-back effect, and uh, Denver just – I don't think Denver will be able to take advantage of – the Chargers horrendous defense because I think Denver's fresh out of QBs. Another AFC team that's impactful when it comes to the wild card. If the Steelers somehow find themselves in that mix instead of the AFC North, I like the Dolphins getting three and a half at Tennessee. Ooh, I do not. You don't? How come? Tennessee's another one of my huge. Uh, this is a great play. At let's see what we are three and a half right. And, Money line uh, is a one seventy seven in favor of Tennessee plus one forty five for the Dolphins. 
I'll tell you, Tennessee made two impressions of Tennessee when it came through Pittsburgh recently. One, why the hell were they not just running the ball every down, the Titans? Mm -hmm. And number two, man, are they physical. And then we saw them on a Thursday night game, and they got A.J. Brown back, the monster wide receiver, and what a difference he makes. What What a man among boys he is running through most NFL secondaries. I know the Dolphins have a really good defense, but this seven game winning streak, Tim, has been achieved against Houston, Baltimore, the Jets, Carolina, the New York Football Giants, the Jets again, and the Ian Book Saints. I think I think they're punching up out of their weight class at this particular juncture. Uh, Miami just played on Monday night. Tennessee's coming off a Thursday game, so the Titans have extra rest, and the Dolphins have a short week. Titans still have a lot to play for. Uh, I like Tennessee. Arizona, they have a bounce back in them against the Cowboys at getting five and a half. Well, that's the big question, right? I think um, I was loving Arizona through most of this year. Uh, I can't remember if you were or not. But, ah, um, I've kind of been waiting for this to happen, to be honest with you. It just took so long well, to happen. I started to buy in when I shouldn't have. Looks like the wheels are off and they're having a hard time scoring points. And injuries have had something to do with that. But uh, Dallas is really firing, man. Uh, I'm certainly not going to go against Dallas. I'll tell you that. Any of the teams with huge lines you want to play? I mean, this is the time of year where I feel like if you've got big lines out there, uh, maybe it's smarter to play them than it was earlier in the year, like Patriots 15 and a half against the Jags, Bucks minus 13 at the Jets, or the Falcons, they're 14 and a half point dogs at Buffalo. Um, any of the favorites with huge numbers stand out to you there? You just leave that alone. None of that interests me. I'm going to take a look at Chicago minus six against the New York football giants, just because I think the giants can't score the mm-hmm. way they're constructed. And uh, is it going to be Foles again? So if it's going to be him again, they, they run the ball pretty good. And the giants, I think have a hard time scoring points. Uh, you know, that could be one of those ugly 17, six games or whatnot, but uh, it's less than a touchdown. At least it was the last time I looked. Uh, yeah. It's minus six uh, for Chicago. Um, it's more a bet against the New York football giants than on the Chicago bears, but Tim, those pay off too. We've talked Spartan basketball. What about Spartan football against Pitt? By the, the way, Purdue, Purdue is uh, up three to two on Nichols. <laughs> Watch Nichols is going to win this. You know what? Our Sparty logo at our center court is bigger than their Purdue P at their center court. Um, keep, that in, keep that in mind in March, baby. <laughs> when we come back, we will also look at the college football championship semifinal games uh those are a day away so some uh, final thoughts from mike there he's been doing his homework on that front too this is the pittsburgh city cast bet river sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets that's why players love the same game parlays at bet rivers same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for combine two bets or combine many You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the BetRivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Mike, we kicked this one around a couple weeks now, but that's what happens when the bowl season rolls in. You have time to look at this stuff for a good long time. It just changes so much more than it used to with players not playing in bowl games and COVID and everything else. Sparty and Pitt, I'm still going with Michigan State minus two against the Panthers. How about you? Probably will. Uh, it was a significant development uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Word out of the Michigan State camp was there two really good receivers are going to play uh, Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed, uh, Naylor in particular has missed a lot of time down the stretch and Reed had been a little banged up. Uh, Reed went to high school with the quarterback, Peyton Thorne. Uh, there's a connection there. Uh, they don't have Kenneth Walker to third. He was, yeah. the, he was the focal point of the offense and the guy around which everything else revolved. I, I think Michigan state's going to have a hard time running the ball without him, because I don't think he got all his yards because the offensive line was so outstanding. I think it was his cutback and his vision and his ability to break tackles and basically make, uh, he's been looking at a lot of Najee Harris, like runs at the start of them. And he's found a way to get out of it way more often than not. Uh, that's not cause he's better than Najee Harris. That's cause he's playing in college. Right. Harris is playing against NFL guys. Don't, don't get the wrong impression there, but, uh, Michigan State might have a hard time scoring points. 
Uh, and then on the other side, you have the uh, resistible object against the movable force pit with a nobody quarterback, at least a never done it quarterback uh, against the nation's 130th ranked pass defense. Uh, all of that said, that over is kind of calling me. Well, I was just going to say the over-under has gone down, of course, because of Walker and Pickett not playing. So it's only 56 yeah. and a half. The spread has actually gone up to minus two and a half. I said two earlier. It did update. Um, money line, Michigan State, 137, Pitt at 114. I just think with Nick Patty in there that you're looking at a team that can't exploit Michigan State's most exploitable weakness, and that is the pass defense. So would be the theory, but he's still got Bolitnikoff, right? Uh, yes, they don't have Taysier Mack, but they do have Addison. Uh, the, yeah, and they haven't had him, right? He's been out. Yeah. So um, I don't know. For some, I thought Pitt was the better team when they were both whole. You know, I, I think that it came out Pitt minus three or four initially, and that's kind of what I thought it should have been. Um, Michigan State has been resourceful and resilient, uh, bouncing back from a disastrous year last year. Second-year coach, which is really his first year because it's not as – profound a COVID year as it was last year. It's way more normal this year. And I think the Spartans are still interested in, in generating momentum and winning this game and building on what they've already done. I don't know if Pitt takes an exhale here or not without Pickett, Tim. Uh, won the conference championship, did uh, a lot of great things, a lot of things that haven't been done around here in a long, long time. And uh, I'm not sure uh, what to make. And I'm not trying to criticize Pitt with that or anything. I just, you know, these bowl games are weird. Uh, you never know what the mindset is collectively. Um, but I think this one's got a chance to open up a little bit. Maybe uh, Patty can uh, can do some things and exploit that bad pass defense that Michigan State has. Michigan State's also had a habit of coming up with turnovers and sacks and kind of game-changing plays on defense. It's been a point-generating special teams team. Um, I don't know. Weather, uh, weather should be perfect inside that dome in Atlanta. And uh, Michigan State, I'm thinking, is going to be a lot more uh, – interested in throwing the football 56 doesn't seem out of the question to me all right so that's the over under play there from mike if you want to go over it's paying out at minus 108 a little bit better than the under at minus 112 a little bit more narrow there so also well, michigan michigan state runs run defense is very good okay so uh if, if it's the thinking uh, is to uh, lean on the running backs you think yeah. that's playing into michigan state's hands i don't think that's going to happen so he's going to throw it and it's either going to go to their guys or our guys for your sake and just because it's the local team here i'll probably end up watching the peach bowl but i'm going to bet more on the las vegas bowl god do i love wisconsin less than a touchdown minus six against arizona state okay <laughs> i'll take your word for it i thought you've been all about bucky badger all year I haven't even looked at who's in and who's out and all that crap. Um, Bucky's had a profoundly disappointing year, kind of got it together at the end. Uh, if anybody's going to take a bowl game of lesser notes seriously, it would be Bucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just That's hey, their thing. The scrappy Badgers are putting on the red and white, and they're going to win for old dear old Wisconsin U. Before we get to the Cincinnati, Bama, and Michigan, Georgia games, the college football playoff semifinals. Outback Bowl, Penn State, Arkansas. I love Penn State in this game until Brisker and Dotson went out. Now I'm going to go. Still playing for Penn State. I'm going to go with Arkansas at minus one. That's that's fine by me. Want to make it a pick up? Want to make it one point game? It's a uh, minus one seventeen on the money line for Arkansas. Minus one hundred five for Penn State on the money line. They're getting a point. Forty seven and a half is the over under. I'm going with the Razorbacks after Penn State lost those two guys. Yeah, but probably a smart play. Although I would say this: what would Penn State end up seven and five? They had Michigan beat and didn't finish it. They they got off to a great start, and the quarterback got hurt. Um, this was a lot closer to being a really good year for Penn State than the record, whatever it is, would suggest. But uh, significant departures, particularly number five. Yeah, they are seven and five. Arkansas coming in at eight and four. Uh, in this one, like I said, those, those are important guys that that's exactly your point, And that's where I'm going with it as well. I, I don't know if that affects the total as much as the line. I would leave the total alone and just go with the Razorbacks. All right, Mike. So yesterday during the podcast, Anthony Jaskolski tried to talk me into Cincinnati. I've been a Cincinnati true believer all year. I've wanted to see them in the playoff. I'm glad they're in the playoff. I think Alabama covers 13 and a half. 
Yeah, I think Cincinnati, the way the year played out, deserves to be there. I don't, I don't think anybody can question it. But, hey, Cinderella, it's midnight. Um, and Bryce Young is driving the carriage. One of the reasons that Cincinnati got through its season undefeated, it got to beat 2-10 and 10 Indiana, 1-9 and nine Temple, 2-10 and 10 Tulane, 2-10 and 10 South Florida. And that's a lot of layups, boy, that, you know, in, instead mm. of grinding through a conference, you, you get significant advantage with that kind of nonsense. Uh, Alabama was having uh, what a lot of people perceive to be an un- Alabama-like season. I think Nick Saban has used that to his motivational uh, advantage. And, hey, if you want to look at the last time out, Georgia was supposed to be all that in a bag of chips, the 85 Bears defense, uh, you know, 41-24 Bama. I think this one gets out of hand and stays out of hand. And it's actually down to 13. The hook went away. Alabama at minus 590 on the money line. For Cincinnati and the total, it's uh, minus 109, by the way, for uh, the total points, 57 and a half. Um, that's the over-under. Do you like the over in this one, Mike? Yeah, Bama might hit that itself. And I do think Ritter and the offense will score a few points, especially that, if it, it does get out yeah, of hand. That Bama has given up some points relative to what it usually does. And uh, the other thing is I think Alabama is playing for the national championship and it's always dangerous when you're oh, 11, 11 Nichols and Purdue with uh, 14 07 left in the first half at Mackey arena Nichols with a fast break steal Nichols. corner three ball and it's down <laughs> Nichols leading Purdue. I love a good fast break where a guy gets the ball to the foul line and then kicks it to an unguarded guy in the corner and he just drains it. They're not in the territory yet. Mike, are they for you? Like Michigan is for football. Are they? They'll never get there. <laughs> But I, I do, I, I, I kind of laugh because they consider themselves kind of basketball you and John Wooden and everything and, you know, Indiana. And who, I had them in the that. Final Four this yeah. year, Purdue. What, what has Purdue ever done? Not been to the Final Four enough. I know that. Not Purdue years where won, I picked them. Purdue has won more relatively meaningless games than any team in college basketball history. Speaking of Michigan, seven and a half point dogs at Georgia. Uh, are you going to look at this analytically or are you just going to yes. go with the Bulldogs or does no, one hand wash the other there? No, it's all about the Benjamins at this point. Um, one more thing on that. Cincinnati also beat four and eight Navy and one of Navy's four was Army, which is another world for Navy. So Navy's actually a three and eight football team to go yeah. along with the two and tens and the one and nines. Just, that schedule was too easy. Uh, here's the thing about Michigan. I think I saw the worm turn. I went to the Michigan, Michigan state game yeah. in, in, uh, back on October the 30th and Sparty won 37, 33, but that was the first time Michigan was actually making big plays consistently with its passing game. The year started and, uh, Harbaugh was, was so distraught at how bad everything had been unraveling. He went back to bow ball and they just wanted to line up and run it and run it and run. They were very good running. Very good running. But uh, Michigan State basically said, you're not running on us. And Michigan said, okay, we're going to take advantage of what you're giving us and we're going to throw it. And the quarterback, McNamara, actually had himself a game. There were some turnovers in that game, and it, it got away from Michigan at the end. But I recall driving back home through the traffic and listening to Detroit radio, which has the highest percentage of homers as it relates to Michigan sports than, than any city anywhere. And they're just crushing Harbaugh and they're crushing the quarterback and everything. The world is ending and the sky's falling. And I'm thinking, you guys are too dumb to know your team actually took a step forward today. And yeah, you hate losing to us, but you're better today than I thought you were coming into the game. And it's not like it's been Air Coriel ever since then, but you look at uh, how Michigan finished down the stretch, Tim, 59-18 at Maryland, 42-27 to against The Ohio State University and 42 to three against Iowa. And again, not the passing was driving that train, but Michigan has that club in its bag. I didn't think it did at the start of the year. I didn't think it did when it was struggling to beat Rutgers by seven at home in October. Uh, it's a different Michigan team right now. If uh, the Ohio State thing was going to be the be all end all, I thought that would have showed up in the Iowa game. It yeah. did not, they, you know, they kept the pedal down. And I just don't think Georgia. Uh, that last time I saw that defense, it was giving up points and I don't think Georgia can keep up against a, a pretty good Michigan defense. Um, here's what I would advise. Don't do what I do because I'm going to break my own personal rule. 
just because Uh-oh. of my hatred for Michigan. And I am taking Michigan on the money line. The payout is plus 235. Yes, that's what I'm taking. If I lose by one point, I'm going to be happy. I will be happier <laughs> that Michigan lost, and I don't have to put up with this Harbaugh crap anymore till next year. I'll be happier about that than not taking advantage of the uh, seven and a half points I could have had. But if you're Joe uh, Q Public just betting the game to make money on it, take Michigan. I think Michigan has a great shot to win it. Uh, whether it wins it or not, I don't see Georgia running away and hiding. Uh, I think it's a nail biter, and I think Michigan's the play. But are you setting this up, Mike, in your own head for Michigan to get to the final and then Alabama whitewashing them? Is that where you're seeing that, this play out? Maybe. I, it, Michigan's a good football team, Tim. Uh, it got better as the year went on. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, got a lot of athletes, uh, edge rushers, running backs, speed receivers. Got a two-quarterback thing going, which – uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of, but it works for them, uh, or so it seems. 31 or more points, 10 times in 13 games. It's a lot of yeah. points. Yep. So is, is Georgia going to score 40 on Michigan? No, I don't think they are. They don't. No, right? I don't think I so. I mean, yeah, I take take the points. That this one is a this one's a pretty obvious uh, take the points pick to me. But again, I'm not going to do it because you want to take the I, money line. I want them to lose, and I feel like if it costs me a couple hundred. <laughs> And they lose by one, then I did my part. Um, all right, so the we got like two minutes left here, and I'm looking at the New Year's games because those games are, of course, on Friday on New nah, Year's Eve. Don't even bother. You're not looking at the New Year's games at all? Nah. Okay, I like Baylor getting one and a half against Ole Miss. I love good that fo- one. I'll, I'll go with you on that. That's a good football team. Yeah, I love that pick. I think Oklahoma State and Notre Dame are intriguing as a matchup. I think Utah and Ohio State are intriguing as a matchup. I don't know how to bet either of those. Yeah, Ohio State guys are opting out. Utah's uh, good. Notre Dame, the coach opted out. Uh, although I think Oklahoma State's real good, too. That might be more than the Irish can uh, handle. Mike will be on at 6.15 on the DVE pregame show in advance of the game between the Browns and the Steelers at Heinz Field. I'll be on two hours before that. Listen tomorrow as well for the um, podcast we're going to post with Matt Williamson. He will be on on Friday. Our resident scout and analyst will look at all the NFL games. We'll see if we can suck him into some college. He's got to start looking at college tapes eventually, right, Mike? He doesn't, he doesn't do very much of it till draft time. All right. Well, we'll get him at some point. I'll, I'll have him gambling on who's going where and which pick. Fearless prediction. When he talks about the Steelers game, he's going to say, boy, I don't know where the points are going to come from for Pittsburgh. <laughs> This is the Pittsburgh City Guest. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.